Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rejuvenation's Health Radio on blogtalkradio.com. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have countdown. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? This is Dr. Ron Sr. finally back in Benita's. Ladies and gentlemen, we are brought in the natural functional medicine. And You know, got a few pounds. We know are not good for you. Listen to the radio show on the internet here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And today, uh, observations of So, ladies and gentlemen, we're really uh, anxious. And really... Uh, you know, uh, one of the. Uh, you know, and I'm not talking. Okay, a PhD candidate came out with Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. He said they're not. 
prescription pills. He said his study found a dangerous running. Well, of course. Because in the real world, you know, the number of prescription medications in one state. Unbelievably, a record four point three billion. What does that translate into? And when you do that, you're at a serious risk of a Second, ladies and gentlemen, getting some feedback here. So, hello. How you doing, Ron? I I dialed in and then it says listen to the show and then it goes blank. What's that? Are you uh, hold on, hold on a second? Let me uh, I'm calling in on four seven uh, eight two. Okay, you on? Hello, no. Yeah, you're on. Oh, okay. You're on. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Again, a technical problem that uh, <clears throat> was rendered uh, quickly uh, rectified by Dr. Jerry Smith. Hello. Uh, yes, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, I hear you. Just let me re- recap in case the audience didn't hear about polypharmacy. I don't hear you. <laughs> now. Yeah, Ron? I hear you perfectly. Yeah. I didn't hear anything you said, though. That was the problem. <laughs> How about now? All right. Let's, let's switch headsets here. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All right. Ladies All right. and gentlemen, 
uh, as I was t- talking at the beginning of the show, uh, polypharmacy is, is not for seniors. Uh, please be careful if you're taking more than five medications. You probably have the wrong diagnosis. Uh, I am going to open up some mics here to see how we're doing here. Let's see if Dr. Dan's here. Dr. Dan, are you there? I'm here now, but, Ron, I couldn't hear you at all before. It kept cutting out because of this terrible storm we're having right now down here. Okay, that might have been the reason why I'm here now. Dr. Smith couldn't get on. Okay, well, we're on, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, occasionally we do have these technical problems uh, with Blog Talk Radio, but right now in Southwest Florida, we are having one heck of a storm. Um, Occasionally we have these technical problems uh, with Blog Talk Radio. And, and, and uh, Dan, I'm getting a feedback from your computer I, because there's a 10 second. I'm trying to turn this thing off. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm going to turn you off for a second. I'll put it in a different uh, room. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, things happen. And uh, that reminds me of uh, Murphy and Johnson were talking. And uh, Murphy said, you know, Johnson, my wife is driving me to drink. And Johnson said, you're lucky. I have to walk. With that, Dr. Jerry, are you there? Yes, I am. Loud and clear. Right. Thank you. At last. All right. All right. So I wanted to have a few opening remarks at the beginning of the show about polypharmacy. Uh, I, I, I came across an interesting article. I'll just mention it, and we'll get on to the topic of the day, which is Lyme disease. And uh, here are Dr. Jerry Smith's uh, treatment. And as I told you in the beginning, if you didn't hear me, when Dr. Smith is on the show, I advise everybody to fasten their seatbelts because uh, he, he uh, thinks outside the box and uh, very, very interesting and very knowledgeable. But, you know, uh, ringing in your ears affects millions of people, millions of people. And there's all kinds of treatments out there from uh, some of them even uh, involve surgery. But 36% of the ringing in your ear sufferers have constant symptoms and 15% hear a buzzing, humming, or hissing at least once a day. But there's been a good study out there, and it doesn't really, uh, involve drugs or surgery. And uh, there's another one out there that, that says you should go to a shrink and get psychotherapy to, to uh, ease your tinnitus. But ladies and gentlemen, in my book, that's punishment. That's not therapy. All right, so what's the treatment that I, that I came across? And, and if you think I'm barking up the wrong tree, well, think again, because this is this involves a patented form of pine bark extract. It's called pycnogenol, P-Y-C-N-O-G-E-N-O-L. This study shows that it's so effective at beating tinnitus that in one study, 90% of the patients given 150 milligrams a day were symptom-free within six months. And you got that right, 90%. The control group, 34% were symptom-free in six months, but 90% had some relief with pine bark extract called pycnogenol. So, you know, in both in all these cases, the tendons they thought was caused by a circulation in the ear that slows so much, you might think it's gummed up with all that earwax. The pine bark extract, they think, improves the flow of blood, especially in the inner ear. And once everything is flowing like it should, your ear becomes uh, quiet like uh, the uh, box they use to test your hearing. So uh, keep that in mind, 150 milligrams a day. 
Dr. Jerry, it's good to have good to have you on, and uh, I, I would like to introduce some Lyme disease. What do you think about this, the subject for today? I'm sure you have uh, uh, experience. Yeah, well, it's so pervasive um, for the simple reason that you know Lyme was always present amongst the animal kingdom, <clears throat> and unfortunately, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Pro- uh, Project Paperclip. After World War II. The Russians and the U.S. and the French grabbed the Nazi scientists, and we we grabbed Eric Taub, who was a specialist in mosquito and tick vectors, and he worked out of Plum Island off of uh, Montauk in New York, and he literally weaponized <clears throat> the the Lyme uh, spirochete so that it jumped from the animals to the humans. And the first case was diagnosed in 1970 in Lyme, Connecticut. That's how it's got its name. So contrary to what people believe, it's put out there that most Lyme is transmitted through the deer tick. But unfortunately, that's just part of the story. Uh, mosquitoes can transmit Lyme. And in fact, I even had a, had a patient uh, several years ago that was bit by a spider in the foot and developed Lyme disease and then she developed Bell's palsy and uh, two and a half years later she wound up on my doorstep no one could figure out what was going on and when I tested these the site of the spider bite there was Lyme in there te- as spirochetes and also on the side of the face where she had the the paralysis and two two and a half months later treating her for the Lyme the Bell's palsy totally disappeared so yeah, the key is I, not only is the deer tick and mosquito, but it's also transmitted like the common cold, which is not mentioned on the 11 o'clock news. You, you don't hear anything about that. Jerry, let, let's, let's go back to basics, and let's start with, uh, as, you, this, as you said, this, this disease started and, and was written up initially as Lyme arthritis. Uh, right. Later, later changed to just Lyme disease. And I have a note here, whatever name you use, but it is the fastest growing vector-borne disease in the United States right now. I have a note, there were 32,500 new cases in 2011. According to the Center for Disease Control now, there are approximately 300,000 cases of Lyme disease documented with 300,000 new cases reported every year. And Jerry, don't, don't, don't you think a lot of a lot of cases of Lyme are, are misdiagnosed? Well, yeah, because it has such very general symptoms that, and and there's I think there's only two labs that have any uh, accuracy in in making a diagnosis from a blood um, you know test. So exactly. the average yeah sources for testing are are not valid and. Um, and the doctors are not too up on it because some a lot you know a lot of doctors don't even believe that Lyme is a, an issue. Well, I think we we have to, to to know that it is an issue, and that in my research there's actually two kinds: the, the acute case and the chronic case. And the Daily Mail says that Lyme disease wrecks lives and strikes people when they least expect it and that can take years to diagnose, and then what does that do? It leaves these patients suffering, all kinds of 
the debilitating symptoms. Yeah, and the doctors say, well, it might, it's because they can't diagnose it, what's, what's, what's the usual cop-out? It's in your head, right? Right. So, uh, so symptoms can range from overwhelming fatigue to crippling muscle and joint pain, inflammation, severe muscle weakness, brain fog, and other serious cognitive impairments and sleep disturbances, headaches, and more. And uh, has anybody read about uh, Chris Christopherson? Did you, did no. you read that story? Well, he was no. diagnosed as having Alzheimer's disease. And he had Lyme. He was diagnosed, and he had Lyme, yes. Yeah, someone was smart enough to do a test, and clear, he's, he's perfectly clear now. They treated him for Lyme. Well, you know, I had a, an acquaintance, um, you know, I get into antique cars and all, and anyway, uh, my friend's close friend uh, developed Lyme, and it actually got into his brain and finally killed him. Well, well, you know, and I and I have a friend's son who, who has atrial fibrillation. It was all due to Lyme. So, right. you know, this this does exist. There's no doubt about it. It does exist. All right, so we have a disease that does exist caused by tick and or mosquito and or other uh, insects that can cause a myriad of symptoms. It's almost like it's a, uh, you know, it can mimic any other, any other disease from heart palpitations, arthritis, shortness of breath. Uh, my son said he's even had patients in that had numbness, tingling, and pains, like, like a peripheral neuropathy. So, uh this, this disease, ladies and gentlemen, does exist. Uh, but again, the physician you go to has to be uh, knowledgeable to even think about it. And, and, and if you're really hurting and he says see a psychiatrist, you might want a second opinion. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Dr. Smith's uh, treatment. Uh, and then I want to talk a little bit about a, a, probably one of the most Famous books I've read on colloidal silver and Lyme disease written by Dr. Paul Farber called The Micro Silver Bullet. I don't know if you ever saw that, Jerry. Uh, but his book has, has done a lot to educate Lyme patients about the use of colloidal silver for this condition. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we have a condition, colloidal silver. I mean, we have a condition called Lyme disease. And we, I think the one thing everybody would agree that it is an infectious-based chronic degenerative disease caused by a spirochete. And this spirochete, uh, Borrelia, is one of the most uh, crippling and baffling diseases in our era. Uh, and it's one of the fastest growing. You know, in Europe, they're even having 65,000 cases a year. Okay? Uh, and this, this, this spirochete, ladies and gentlemen, is related to the syphilis uh, germ. That's, just, that's also a spirochete. And we will talk a little bit about Dr. Farber. But so you have to have a high index of suspicion. Uh, the right tests have to be ordered. And, and then you get into the problem of, of what, what do you do? Well, as an MD, you know, the, the initial treatment is always an antibiotic for 30 days. But then there's a chronic form of this disease because... I'll just get my notes out here. When we had uh, uh, the uh, real technical problem, my, my notes fell on the ground here. But, you know, this disease also has co-infections because when these, these insects bite you, uh, they also bring in other other uh, uh, 
germs and, and parasites along with it. Uh, so that you know, the physician that's treating you has to be aware of that. And the more chronic the disease, we get into something called biofilms. And biofilms is, is really the bacteria. They get used to the treatment, and they form a protective bond around them that's really hard to break up with the traditional medical paradigm. So, Dr. Jerry, if a person comes to you with uh, fatigue, muscle aches, tiredness, brain fog, uh, and you, you, you do your tests and they have, you, you suspect Lyme, do you have a protocol that you use or, or is every patient different? Well, let me quickly give you a little background. In 1982, I published an article called The Physiologic Adaptive Range. And basically, what it focused in on like five major areas of of the body the the cranium the dental the pelvis the physiologic and the psychologic and the reason i bring this up is that most conventional doctors and even a lot of alternative or integrative doctors focus in <clears throat> on the symptom or the pathology <clears throat> but what i'm finding clinically is that number 1 if you have a clogged filter in the body, which is your liver, it cannot process the blood properly to remove the toxins from Lyme or any other pathogens that may be present. So if you go in there like a bull in a china closet and start killing off the spirochetes so, and your liver can't handle it, your kidney can't handle it, your lymphatics can't handle it, the poisons just get disseminated to the rest of the body. A perfect example was uh, one of the early cases that I treated about 10 years ago um, was a, a physician friend of mine. I put him on the Rife machine for 10 minutes. He had diarrhea for two weeks. You just cannot go in there and start, you know, firing away with herbs, vitamins, antibiotics, colloidal silver, if the filter can handle the toxic load. So, numero uno you got to clean the filter. And that there's certain nutrients like glutathione, for example. The liver has a high concentration of glutathione. Superoxide dismutase. The liver has the highest concentration of any organ in the body, which SOD or superoxide dismutase is present in pomegranate. Natural B vitamins enable the liver to break down chemicals and toxins. So you have to provide the liver with these nutrients to help, you know, break up the congestion. Secondly, you have to open up the avenues of excretion. You have the kidneys, the lymphatics, the tissues, and there's nine different drainage remedies that we test. And again, you just can't shotgun people with a standard protocol. You know, everybody walks in the door with Lyme, they get ABC. That, that's not realistic. Everyone is a chemical and energetic individual. You have to customize the nutrient energy pattern with that of the patient. And if you don't match them, then your success rate goes way down. So first, you've got to clean the filter. Second, you have to open up the avenues of excretion. Third, you have to get rid of heavy metals. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the coal-burning uh, power plants spew out well over 40 tons of mercury a year worldwide. And so heavy metals get into our system through fish, 
to plant life, unfortunately. You know, dentists, I think, are the third largest contaminating uh, professional group in, in the world because they have no filters when they cut out uh, a mercury filling from a patient's mouth. There's no filter on the market that takes out colloidal mercury when it gets into the cuspidor or they spit out or the suction system. So that goes in the public water supply. <clears throat> so heavy metal, especially mercury, gives off between 13 and 20 different frequencies. So when it gets in the cells, it disrupts the physiology of the cell. That's why mercury is so darn toxic. So if you've got a clogged filter, <clears throat> if your drainage system is, is backed up, kind of like a toilet that gets stopped up, stopped up and then you've got heavy metals, which cause total physiologic chaos, there's no way in the world that you're going to eradicate any infection, especially spirochetes or the cofactors of Bartonella, Babesia, or Leukiosis. And this is why it is so difficult um, with conventional protocol to get resolution. You have to remove the burdens. A lot of dental issues are present that the physicians are not picking up. For example, 90% of wisdom teeth extraction sites are infected. Why? Because when the oral surgeon removes the tooth, they don't do primary closure to the wound. So the bacteria from the mouth get into your jawbone and they live there for the rest of the patient's life. And those toxins are drained by the lymphatic system, which take it ultimately through the thyroid and the thymus. So again, you have to start looking at these variables that are suppressing the drainage system, the filter system, the immune system, especially the thyroid. So you have to start looking for root canal teeth, for third molar extraction sites, for decayed teeth or periodontal disease that are providing infections that are spewing out these uh, toxins that are suppressing the body's immune system. Another major variable that's not being addressed when Lyme's being treated is the potential of childhood vaccines. These vaccines are not innocuous. They're literally getting trapped in different organs of the body. And, and I find a lot of tetanus vaccine from childhood, the DPT shot, in the left lobe of the thyroid. So here's another variable that's not being drawn into the healing equation and just throwing dexacycline that they use a lot of or you know, homeopathic Lyme or any of the herbal formulas that are present. If you have a suppressed immune system with a low functioning thyroid, the infection just keeps coming back because it's not strong enough to keep it under control. So again, we're looking at the filter, the drainage system, the heavy metal issues, dental infections, and then we can, once we get that cleaned up, now you got a strong immune system. So when you start using rife frequencies, start using herbs or ionic or colloidal silver uh, or oregano, then you can kill it and, and the body can officially usher it out of the system. And one of the other interesting things that we're using now is we're using ozone into the blood via a modified stethoscope. A lot of physicians are doing IV ozone, but the problem is when you do that over a long period of time, the, the veins become brittle from the ozone treatment. And so what I'm doing now 
is putting ozone through a stethoscope into your ears. And it gets into your bloodstream because of the blood supply in the ear. And that's been verified by hospital blood tests showing elevated oxygen levels in patients that they shouldn't be elevated in, like cancer patients. So that's wow. the general approach that I take. Okay, so and, and, and basically what you're doing is getting the patient's immune system functioning again. So Absolutely. that it can, it can handle the, the die-off. The killing, killing off of, the, of this line. That's right. And, and, and do you see a Herxheimer reaction? And we'll explain what that is in a minute. But do you see those type of reactions when you go through this protocol? Much less when you take it sequentially because you're preparing the body to handle the dumping and you get a much milder type of Herxheimer or adverse reaction. Okay, because prior to the show, and he could not be on, I talked to a physician who uses hyperbaric oxygen, and he was going to talk about that 90 patients he treated, but he does get this Herxheimer reaction with the hyperbaric oxygen. Uh, yeah, yeah, because of the rapid die-off. Yeah, exactly. And I was just thinking, your 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 way is is much more gentle and makes a lot more sense. But I think uh, let, let let's go back, uh, Doctor Smith. Let's just just say, you know, we have a you make the diagnosis and you know there's a the liver uh, needs to be detoxified. Uh, so we can do that uh, with a protocol. Uh, but let's talk about some of the frequent, like a Rife generator. Most, I, I think a lot of our listeners might not, have never heard of Dr. Rife and uh, uh, his frequencies. Uh, do you have an easy way of explaining uh, Yeah, that, it's that very treatment? simple. Well, okay, back in the late 1929, early 30s, Raymond Royal Rife uh, invented a microscope. He studied with Carl Zeiss over in Germany in the 20s. And he had a microscope that he custom made that stained pathogens with light. And he noticed that when he would rotate the prism to bend the light to get specific colors, when he reached the mortal oscillatory frequency of the, of the pathogen, it exploded it. So he knew that frequency by the color that the, the pathogen or virus uh, exhibited right before it uh, self-destructed. He then worked with Lee DeForest, who was the inventor of the vacuum tube, and they put together what they call a functional generator that could broadcast specific frequencies. So once Rife was able to determine the mortal oscillatory frequency, which every living organism in the universe has, they were then able to broadcast it and literally explode, you know, cancer viruses, bacteria, fungi, whatever in the body once they had the right frequency. So that's the, the uh, in, a, in a Cliff Notes version of the Rife technology. And, and the unfortunate thing is this technology has been suppressed since the 30s. Exactly. And, and ladies and gentlemen, what Dr. Smith is saying, there's a cathode or some a tube that emits a frequency of light. And Dr. Rife had a whole uh, cookbook, a checklist, you know, use what frequency for what, you know, for, for the disease that he determined was, was mortal for that disease, right? And, uh, and, 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 but that they took it off the market. They confiscated all his work. And not only did they confiscate the units from the doctors, 11 research centers around the United States that were validating 
his technology mysteriously burned down within a year. I mean, what's the coincidence of that? Yeah. And, and you know who else ran into that? Uh, Denisha uh, was it with Galdi, who had the spectrochrome? Uh, Denisha from, actually, he was from New Jersey, a, a huh. physician who uh, found that various frequencies of light by using different uh, filters uh, could, could help with diseases. So but that, that, that's, that's a uh, discussion for another day. But the, the right frequency has been validated uh, time and time again. Uh, so, so right frequencies would be a way to, to, to treat Lyme disease, you know, at, to, as, as a complete therapy, not just adding. So the dental uh, connection is really uh, critical to me, and uh, I, I don't think our listeners are aware of the dental connection to diseases. I think the, the, the public is, is aware that periodontal disease is associated with heart disease and inflammation of the coronary arteries. But uh, since I've been talking to you, I have even learned that there's a much broader connection between the mouth and, and, and the physiology. So maybe we, if you could, Dr. Smith, spend a little time, like you said, with the molars, with root canals, uh, and how they affect uh, the immune system. Well, you know, uh, Dr. Ron, Weston Price, who was one of the top researchers for the American Dental Association back in the 30s, they would take infected teeth, you know, and they were extracted from the patient and put under the skin of a healthy rabbit. The rabbit came down with the same disease that the patients had. So that's how they... They developed the link between infected teeth and specific, uh, you know, medical issues. Okay, but you 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 have even gone further, and because you you do examine them, you do examine the mouth, you look for uh, infected molars. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're using quantum. Yeah, yeah. Basically, we're using quantum physics. It's an energy technique whereby we use the cyber scan to take a 10-second imprint off your energy pattern from the palm shocker of your hand, and then it, it compares the patient's energy pattern with a database of over 122,000 electromagnetic signatures. So it's comparing it against Lyme. It's comparing it against Bartonella or Leukiosis, uh, Epstein-Barr, you know, all these other viruses and bacteria, and that's how it comes up with a diagnosis. Where blood right, tests, well, you know, are not going to show this stuff. So, to our patients, uh, to our listeners that have Lyme disease, uh, and they've been through the doxycycline, microbiome protocol, or moxicillin if they were allergic to it, or whatever, and they've been on a lot of antibiotics, uh, where do, where can they find a physician that? isn't going to say, well, you've had all the antibiotics now, it must be psychiatric or in your head. Uh, where are they going to find a physician that can uh, go further with that? Well, you have integrative medical uh, doctors. Um, that's one source to, to look for. Um, doctors that are involved with ozone therapy are, are going to be a lot more open-minded than your conventional thinking doc. So, and, exactly. and the other thing, yeah, one of the quickest ways is you go down to your local health food store and ask the people that work there, you know, do they know any physicians in the area that are treating, you know, Lyme disease alternatively with 
ozone, with herbs, with homeopathics, with frequencies. And there um, is a there is an American Academy of Alternative Medical Specialties that they can look right. up online and and get a name. Get you know, it, ladies and gentlemen, that this disease is wrecking lives, and I don't uh, appreciate when my, when my peers say, "Well, now it's all in your head." You know, go see a psychiatrist because because they failed in the treatment end of this. Uh, so uh, the American Academy of Alternative Medicine, uh, as Dr. Smith says, your local health food store may know someone, uh, but you need Sometimes a, a chiropractor. I know your son's a chiropractor, and he, I'm sure, right. uh, you know, becomes affiliated with some of the medical doctors in the community and knows what they're doing. Exactly, but they have to go out and look for it. You have to do some homework. Uh, this, this disease, over 300,000 new cases a year. That's based, and, that, and that's building on the 300,000 from last year. And the others that are seeing psychiatrists because the, the doctors say, well, it's all in your head. So uh, we have to get a handle on it. And one way to do that is get another opinion from an alternative practicing physician. Uh, I mean, just the ozone alone is is a is a great weapon. Uh, Dr. Smith turned me on to that for just a common cold by just putting it in my in in your ear. It works, ladies and gentlemen. It works. Yeah, I have an orthopedic so, an orthopedic surgeon over in Italy that I work with when we work on the brain damaged children, and he he can't thank me enough for sharing that little bit of technology through the stethoscope. And he said, you know, he uses it all the time for. You know, if people have TMJ problems and they have chlamydia or other infectious components in the TM joint, and it eradicates it very quickly. Well, there you go. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to give you the information. Now, you have to do a little bit of work to find it. And speaking about colds, I, I just had a couple things because I, I'm around a lot of people, and uh, they say, why don't you get sick? Well, I do lead a healthy lifestyle. I have a good attitude and an attitude of gratitude and positive outlook on things. But I also use apple cider vinegar every day in my detox drink. And so I'm going to just give you a list of things to do during the summer months or these summer colds. Uh, Besides, if you can't get yourself to ozone therapy, apple cider vinegar, a teaspoon to a glass of water every day. And, And I'm just amazed at how many people don't know anything about a neti pot. Exactly. Just to flush out your sinuses because you you don't want to be on antibiotic for your sinuses, ladies and gentlemen. You're just uh, upsetting your gut flora. And remember, like we've been telling you over the years, your immune system is in your gut. And eat foods rich in vitamin C, you know, citrus, broccoli, red bell peppers. And how about these herbs that Dr. Smith even talks about? Garlic, curry, cayenne pepper, horseradish. They're natural decongestants. And spice up your diet. Go out, live a little bit. Put some uh, uh, turmeric and ginger. Uh, they're natural anti-inflammatories. So, uh, and, and even yeah, oregano that you put on the pizza. <clears throat> oregano works uh, more powerful than most antibiotics. Exactly. And so, I, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, so I just wanted to say that I had a patient from Dallas, Texas, who had MRSA, methicillin-resistant staphylococcus, and no antibiotic will touch that. I was the 31st doctor that he came to. I put him on oregano oil, 100% pure. In six weeks, his MRSA was totally gone. Wow. So oregano is very, very powerful. 
It is. And, and the herbs are. So there are things to be done. And here, I just found the article about uh, uh, Chris Christopherson. Here's, here's the way it was written up in the paper. For years, doctors had told him he had Alzheimer's disease. He, and he was one of those polypharmacy guys. He says here he had a medicine cabinet full of drugs and even started writing a song about losing his memory. Then one of his uh, doctors decided to test him for Lyme disease. And it, sta- it states here in the paper, not only did he test positive, but after completing a three-week antibiotic regimen, all of a sudden he was back, said his wife, Lisa. Christopherson, uh, they said he was one of the lucky ones, okay? You know, and, and, that, and that, that brings me to another story that we have to discuss sometime, Dr. Smith. And that is how much of this Alzheimer's disease that is being diagnosed is something else. How much is thallium poisoning? How much is uh, Lyme disease? How much is from drugs? How, how many of these cases uh, are because of polypharmacy, because of antihistamines? Antihistamines can rob you of your, of your thoughts. So well, you know, another, and then look at the statin drugs. Uh, they yep. mess up your, they cause dementia. And, you know, I have a good friend who wrote a book on hypothyroidism, and he also actually linked an underactive thyroid with uh, Alzheimer's. And the key is if your metabolism's low, the brain cells can't function properly, and it'll take on, you know, many different uh, degenerative type of symptoms. Yeah, so we have an underactive thyroid, and you happen to uh, have the onestatin drug, which robs your body of the needed cholesterol. Your brain is awash in cholesterol, needs a lot of cholesterol. Boy, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm thinking that there should be a protocol before anybody is diagnosed with Alzheimer's that they should go through and get them, getting them off drugs, getting them tested for Lyme disease, getting them tested for heavy metals uh, before they're given that, that, that awful diagnosis for the rest of their life. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dr. Jerry Smith, a natural practicing physician, and uh, as, you, as I told you, I hope your seatbelts are still tight because we're not finished. Uh, and Dr. Ron here, unfiltered, uncensored. We uh, don't owe any big company anything. Uh, Dr. Dan is on the line. I'm going to just bring him in. Uh, we had a little interference with him before, so uh, he's back. Uh we, uh, we, we're just going to try and bring you every week the latest unfiltered news. Uh, and some of it you may not agree with, but you know what? That's why they have the Internet. Check it out. Bring it up to your physician. A lot of uh, what I'll talk about at times, I'll give you the, 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 the references from major medical journals and uh, bring it up. So, Dr. Dan, I had you off the uh, microphone off because of that static. How are you? Well, pretty good today, uh, Dr. Ron. Hi, Dr. Jerry. How are you? Good. Glad to have you on. Good. You, you, uh, your your information is fantastic, and uh, uh, I'd like to bring up my daughter-in-law again, who has the uh, later stages of Lyme disease, and uh, she has tried so many things, and it's been really devastating to the entire family. And now she is on bee sting therapy. Yeah, apis, and she apis, also apis. told me yesterday that she acquired a queen bee. So that she she has the bees right there at home, and she has so many stings a week. I don't know what you think about this therapy, or if you've ever used it at all. Well, believe it or not, 
I've used um, Apis mellifica, which is homeopathic bee venom, to okay. treat end-stage kidney failure and flipped it around. Oh. But, you know what, Dr. Dan, I'm, I'm going to interject here, and Dr. Smith must uh, straighten me out, but I think the, the key from what I gathered from this, this half hour of, of talk by Dr. Smith is that it's got to be part of a program. In other words, it, it seems to me, if Dr. Smith, you correct me if I'm wrong, if she gets the bee sting therapy and doesn't have her liver cleared out, uh, it may not or be heavy metal, right? Or, heavy or vaccines, metal, right. or or she may have uh, dental infections, and and this is where it it really makes me nervous that, you know, these different therapies isolated, you know, can be fine, but in today's environment, there's so many. It's multifactorial, you know. You have uh, the toxicity from the the coal burning plants, from the chemtrails from the chlorinated water, from the fluorinated water. You know, it's just on and on and on. And the frankenfoods from Monsanto's genetically modified. So, and so you have all these issues that are polluting the body and just throwing a dart like a bee sting or, or uh, you know, a barometric pressure treatment is not getting at the root cause of the, the issues. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying, yes. It's the same argument I have against the, the, the uh, allopathic physicians prescribing vitamins. Well, they, they read someplace, for instance, that vitamin B1 is good for peripheral uh, neuropathy. And then it doesn't work, and they say, ah, vitamins are, are worthless. Well, they didn't use it and, and make the right diagnosis and use it in concert with a full uh, therapeutic program. You can't use a vitamin or a treatment by itself. Well, you know you're in trouble when the physician tells you there's no difference between synthetic vitamins and food-based vitamins. Uh, well, you, you and I both, both, both know about the standard process and uh, how <laughs> the difference between synthetic. And in, fact, in fact, ladies and gentlemen, you better watch your vitamins because the ones coming over from China are just full packed of, 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 of contaminants. So... That, 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 that's another whole story. So, Dr. Dan, uh, to get back to you, your, your, your family member uh, that's using bee therapy, uh, it's probably, probably, it probably has a, a, a value, uh, but it has to be used in conjunction with all, with all the other things that Dr. Smith talked about. One, one thing she did, uh, this is an interesting story that maybe you could help some people. Uh, Someone that she got involved with and actually got to talk to the person uh, in California was uh, uh, was bitten by a swarm of killer bees. And she was in a really bad stage of Lyme disease and figured she was going to die. And when the killer bees attacked her, she figured this was, this was it. She was going to die. And now she's in perfect condition. Perfect. The Lyme disease is gone from the killer bees. And she's going around the country talking to about it. So I thought well, I'd pass it on. Maybe yeah, you know, Dr. Dr. Dan, yeah. you, you have to look at the big picture. You know, when your body gets assaulted by all these things from a toxic bees, mm-hmm. 
the immune system gets revved up to the highest level. It's just like when people go in and they get chemotherapy. It, it's the worst poison in the world, but right. it revs up the immune system, so it's a race between killing the cancer and killing the patient. So if, if you happen to have a fairly strong immune system and the chemo or the killer B uh, venom, you know, revs it up, and then, then it just destroys the lime, the spirochetes, and, and the cofactors. And then, so right away, they want to run around and think that everybody's going to get the same result. Oh, good point. Point. Yeah, that is an excellent point. And, and just like we learned, that penicillin it doesn't cure every infection. Water doesn't put out every fire. Uh, there's always exceptions. There's always somebody going to get better with a placebo also. So, uh so it all fits in that same paradigm. Well, that's a good point, though. I mean, these things might be part of part of the program, but again, always get to the bottom issues. You know, we talked a little bit about mercury, and and a, a neighbor gave me a, a, a list here: the fish that are highest in mercury. And you know, canned tuna is 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 like very high. Swordfish. And tuna sushi. You know, those of us that like sushi, including me, yeah. tuna sushi, high in mercury. And grouper. Grouper, orange roughy, marlin, right. and Spanish mackerel. Now, might as well, since we started this, the, the fish lowest in mercury are shrimp, sardines, oysters, mussels, clams, scallops, salmon, Rayfish, freshwater trout, and ocean perch. I particularly, and you know, I don't Doctor, know, uh, it might be low yeah, mercury, but the, 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 the bottom fish is where we yeah. And Dr. Ron, what, yes. what's interesting, mercury toxicity can mimic any disease process. Really? Yeah. The Mad Hatter? The Mad Hatter, can we, can, can make yeah, I mean, dementia. I mean, those poor people that they were using a mercury compound to stiffen the hat bands. It right. was getting absorbed into their scalp and to the brain. Right. And that brings us to another point that, that maybe you should you, you could just address before we, we sign off. You know, people say, well, I have, I have silver fillings, and I always correct them. I say, you have mercury fillings. And uh, they want to know why I think they should be removed. And I say, you know, you really just can't have them removed. There's a process. You have to get your immune system built up. Yeah, from what I know, you have to have dams put in your mouth, dental dams, and have oxygen or fresh air flowing. Is this is is this a good advice? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you just start to rush in and get these things removed without the proper protection, uh, I mean, uh, years ago, I had seen a physical therapist who went to a, quote, biological dentist. They took out a quadrant of his mercury fillings. That's one-fourth of his mouth. He, he was in bed for three months. He thought he was going to die. Oh. You you have to prepare the body, again, the liver, the, the drainage system, build, you know, clean these heavy metals out boost the immune system because when you take it out, you're going to get a hit from the vapor, even with the uh, latex dams and the high-speed suction with carbon filters and all these wonderful, you know, advances, you're still going to get exposed because my mentor, Dietrich Klinghardt, taught us that 
mercury vapor is so pervasive, it'll penetrate through six layers of latex gloves. Mm. Wow. So it should have no problem penetrating the blood-brain barrier. That's right. Wow. Wow. In fact, that's the problem. When, when you chew and you have the mercury fillings and you're drinking hot tea or coffee or just hot water, um, the mercury vapor is elevated for 90 minutes. That's all been documented. Wow. wow. Well, that, 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 you know, you've given our listeners a lot to think about. Uh, those of you that, that are suffering from Lyme disease or just the symptoms of chronic fatigue, brain fog, and maybe, you know, you might want to think about getting tested for Lyme. Uh, but, uh, it's mind-boggling to know, to, to, to tell you where to start, but I think a good alternative uh, practicing, practicing physician uh, who knows uh, the laboratories other than the uh, Quest and uh, LabCorp uh, that knows about Smoky Mountain and so forth, other labs that do these tests. Uh, and just you need a good comprehensive uh, a physical exam and comprehensive blood work. And then you worry about the treatment. And it has to be very basic, getting your uh, liver detoxified, your gut detoxified, your uh, mouth detoxified, and uh, maybe a, a, an energetic uh, medicine consultation to, to see where you may have pockets of uh, heavy metals or bacteria. Uh, but uh, we, we feel your pain. I mean, we know you're out there. We know you're trying the best you can. And I, I always have a problem when uh, my colleagues say, you know, it must be in your head. Well, to me, it just means that they don't know what they're looking for. We how would the other you summarize it? Yeah, well, go ahead. Tell me, tell me how you would summarize it for, for our listeners. You mean with the Lyme? Yeah, just, just a... Just a yeah, basically, a yeah, a quick overview is uh, don't rush in to start killing off the villain. You know, prepare the body to handle the villain. You know, the filter, the liver, the, the drainage systems, the lymphatics and reduce the heavy metal burden because all these things enhance the function of the immune system. So when you do go after the Lyme, then the body can handle it and keep it under control. All right. I think it was a good discussion today. Dr. Dan, do you have any questions regarding Lyme or do you have uh, any comments? Um, I think we just about covered it when we got to the bees. <laughs> okay, that's, all right, that's fine. That's, oh, oh, yes, maybe I do. Um, the effectiveness of the colloidal or ionic silver in this case. Well, do you have any comments on that, Dr. Dr. Ron? I'll, I'll let Dr. Uh, uh, Smith, but I, and because I did want to recommend uh, a, a book uh, on, on this subject, uh, written by a really great physician, uh, Dr. Farber, F-A-R-B-E-R. Uh, and believe it or not, his studies were done at the Fox Chase Cancer Center in Philadelphia. About oh. right. He must yeah. have been working right. after hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to find the name of his book. Uh, it's called The Micro Silver Bullet. 
a scientifically documented answer to the three largest epidemics in the world, Lyme disease, AIDS virus, yeast infection, and the common cold. Dr. Paul yeah, well, Farber, F-A-R-B-E-R, at, from, from of all places, you know, as you say, probably working in the basement of Fox Chase. That's right. They don't want to let it, let it be known. But, yeah, I met a, <clears throat> had a patient, excuse me, from uh, Brattleboro, uh, Vermont, and he was working with a guy who would literally travel around, you know, to people's homes doing IV uh, colloidal silver as much as 5,000 parts per billion and doing it IV and, and knocking the heck out of the Lyme disease. Well, Dr. Smith, what, what, what Dr. Farber says is right here that uh, colloidal silver as low as 15 parts per million wipes out Lyme disease pathogen. And he says, I have witnessed 100% killing effect of the Lyme pathogen Borrelia within less than five minutes of exposure to colloidal silver preparations. He goes on to say that studies by Margaret Bayer, a PhD, again at Fox Chase Cancer Center in Philadelphia, have shown that the growth and replication of Lyme disease bacteria are measurably slowed or stopped by colloidal silver preparations. He goes on to mention other physicians, too, from the Rocky Mountain Laboratories of the National Institute of Public Health. But, uh, you know, either IV or, or orally, it looks like, according to Dr. Farber, very effective, yeah. Does that answer your question, Dr. Dan? Yes, it does. That's why I take a teaspoon of uh, colloidal silver every day. Well, as you know, that we had a, we had a guest on that, that that sells the unit, and that's what he he's been doing. Oh, that reminds me, how's how's the methylene blue, Dr. Smith? Well, it stains really well, and uh, it's a great conversation piece when you're making love with your girlfriend. <laughs> blue toe. <laughs> so you have a blue toe and a blue pill. I got. I guess that matches. Well, I do every other toe blue, so it's, it looks nicer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I'll, I'll, I can infer the answer, but. Uh, <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, there 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 are lots of of. Uh, testimonials and uh, from people that have used colloidal silver, uh, you know, taking one to two tablespoons a day for a month and uh, swishing around in your mouth so you get some absorption in the mouth before you swallow it. But most most, most of the testimonials are about a tablespoon a day uh, with relief of symptoms. But again, uh, after hearing Dr. Smith, I don't want to tell anyone, I don't want to give anyone the impression that this is the magic bullet. Okay, it's part it's part of a program. Okay, it is should be just part of a program. Uh, so Dr. Farber concludes in this book: Lyme disease is treatable and can be conquered through the use of natural antibiotics that I discovered and called the micro silver bullet. And that micro silver bullet, ladies and gentlemen, is colloidal silver. All right. Dr. Dan, I hope that answers some of your questions. I hope uh, you don't get stung by any bees tonight. <laughs> it, it does answer uh, the question. Uh, maybe I have the dose wrong. It's a it's a tablespoon or two versus a teaspoon on the colloidal yeah, silver. It, yeah, for for the treatment of Lyme disease. Okay, and uh, how long do you swish it around? Would you say in your mouth and then swallow? A few minutes. I would be making up a number. I'd say a minute uh, is oh. adequate. Some 
absorption. Sounds good. Thank you. And then normally stick. Yeah, normally stick with a teaspoon if you're taking it prophylactically every day. Well, that's what one of our guests had uh, stated, and I, I can't disagree with him. Uh, and maybe up it during times of, uh, you know, when, when your immune system is down. I I travel with it. I don't know what Dr. Smith does. I, I don't take the, uh, 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 oh, my gosh, with the electrical pads. For, I don't take that with me anymore. Uh, the, I don't take the Beck machine. I, yeah, the I Beck just, machine, yeah. Yeah, I just travel with the cordless cell phone. Uh, that that seems okay. to protect me. And I've, I've had like three or four uh, uh, plane trips, both international and national, and I never got a cold. Okay. Well, I think it was a great show. Jerry, you're, again, excellent, excellent information for our audience. Excellent. And uh, well presented. Uh, we just want to try and give information in order that they can understand and not to us in terror. But a lot of things you've, you've heard here, some of it is uh, based on uh, uh, observation, others based on science. So uh, that's what you got to know. You okay. just have other information that may not be available to you uh, on MSNBC or Fox News or the daily paper that you read. Well, we'll be back again next week. And uh, Dr. Smith had, had touched on a very, very interesting subject, one that I, I've been wanting to visit, and I'll give him what? a chance to come I well, I got to leave you with, with my parting words, Doctor Ron. Most people would rather be killed by a notorious doctor than be healed by a quack. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's so much truth in that. Oh my gosh! I, I, I mean, what? Before I close, I got to tell you an interesting story. I have a neighbor, a prominent CFO of a major corporation. And he had a problem, and he waited two months to see chairman of the department at Yale University. Okay, and he came back with, "Oh, I saw this. He's really he's written this. He's written that." So he gets sick. He goes to a local clinic, meets a family doctor, and says, "You know, you got Parkinson. Put on medication, and he is a hundred percent right now." But he would he would have been considered the quack. You know, right. The guy with the big name missed it completely. Missed it completely. So, so why don't you repeat that one more time? Most people would rather be killed by a notorious doctor than be healed by a quack. <laughs> <laughs> that is that 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 is that is great. That is so true. Oh, well, you have God. bragging rights when you go to the country club. You know, my wife, she got killed by the head of the department. He's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, wrote, he, wrote, he wrote 14 papers on it, too. That's right. <laughs> you know, Jared, you, you brought up an interesting subject during our, the later part of the show, and we should talk about synthetic versus natural vitamins next week. We'll talk about that. Uh, you and I both know Dr. Richard Murray. We'll bring up some of the things that he wrote about. Uh, sure. Uh, the nitty-gritty. Yeah, exactly. I, and I have every copy. Me too. And, uh, the greatest. <laughs> all right, well, let's pull them out. We'll read some of that Ipsy look. He always, he always puts some kind of Latin in his, 
in, in his uh, biomedical journal. But it was called National Academy of Research Biochemistry. to school in Philadelphia <laughs> with the Jesuits. Good night. All right. Good night, Dr. Dan. Good night, Dr. Jerry. Take Ladies care. and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Natural vitamins. And thank you for your listening. Remember, a bad attitude and a flat tire. You can't go anyplace with either one unless you change them. See you next week. Take care. Dr. Ron Dr. Ron, I have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on BlogTalkRadio.com. See you next week. Ciao.